Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Jake. I was just letting you know that we had some technical issues while we were recording this episode, so this episode is a little bit shorter than usual, and there are some cuts in it. Just wanted to let you guys know what was going on before it starts, just in case you're like, what the fuck is going on? Everything should be up and running for the next episode, though, so uh just want to keep you guys in the loop. Peace. Flubberama. Hello, Street Fighters. Welcome back, Brett, that's me, to the call-in show. I'm here once again to take calls with Brian. We do it every single Sunday night, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. That number to dial is 614-655-3887. Come hang with the gang, get in the chat, call us up, tell us what's going on in your world. We want to hear from you. We are the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. We've been doing this for 10 years now. We've been blessed to spread this mess across the U.S. by all y'all that listen in, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. You really keep us afloat and make sure that we can uh, fight for a more equitable, flatter earth. One that is made for all of us. A new uh, future in tomorrow without the Constitution or the United States government. Thank you. I'm Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. And we want to hear from you. And we're also doing a fundraiser right now. Um, I kind of upped it. Uh, we're raising money for the Hopi Tutsqua Preservation and uh, Society, I think is the name. I, I really should know it. I'm, I'm bad at that. Um, but right now we have, if you donate $10 to the fund, half of that will go to them. Uh, you will get a limited edition sticker. If you donate $25, you'll get a limited edition patch. If you donate $50, you'll get a limited edition poster and everything underneath. Uh, so consider heading over to store.streetfightradio.com. Look for the Improved Brett's Car Fundraiser. There's a preview of what we're doing. It's a black cat defeating a fascist snake. So pretty bold, pretty dope. Good idea. Benefits a good cause, which is making my car more rad, uh, you know, and also helping out the Hopi Tatsqua permaculture. Cat versus Institute. snake fight. Who's going to win? Maybe the snake, maybe the cat. Yep. Snake could eat a whole fucking cat. Cat could eat a whole fucking snake. Who even knows what's going to happen? I think a cat can eat a snake. I don't really know. Yeah, cats can eat snakes. Whew. They'll eat anything. Um, I wanted to start this show out by just letting everybody know that uh, the foot that was hurting... I would say eight out of 10 foot pain level I had uh, two weeks ago. Last time Brett was here, uh, it's only a three out of 10. So it healed and uh, I didn't even have to take a break. So for all the people in the chat who are saying it could get worse, I knew it couldn't. So I just powered through it and I ended up winning, winning again for my power and my strength and my stick I have, I have made it on the other end of this pain, and I feel wonderful, okay? So, uh, well, I know, I actually, I feel like shit, but that's a whole different issue. That yeah. is a completely different thing that happened to me that made me feel like crap today. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I just got back from a trip to uh, Joshua Tree, California, 
And I felt right at home when I got out of the car and you told me you're in the middle of a catastrophe. You had a brand new one just waiting for me. I just felt like right at home, ready to work. <clears throat> My work wife is, you know, sick again. I was doing so good, man. And then the foot healed and I was like, mother. Well, it didn't heal. It still hurts. But it doesn't hurt as bad is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Uh, uh, but I'll say this. Uh, I did take a big chug of Gatorade yesterday and, uh, about, I don't know, most of it went down the wrong pipe. And then I woke up today and I felt like, I, uh, I'm very like, Icky, you know, my, my I congested basically I have the yeah. Delta variant. Okay. Is what I'm thinking it is. Maybe. No, I just feel like it's, shit. It's probably those electrolytes in the lungs just like overpowering. You it know? did it's burn. It's like NOS for your lungs. It Nitrous. did burn because it's fucking... Uh, Fuel. What's it called? Because it's, it's uh, lemon lime. It's, uh -huh. it's citrus. It got down there and it was burning and I'm coughing. I'm trying to get the fucking shit out of there. And I tried all night to get it out of there because I didn't want to go to bed. And uh, it just didn't work. It just did not work. I woke up today feeling like crap. I took some Mucinex and hopefully, you know, it'll loosen everything up and get it out of there. And I won't get pneumonia or anything. But, you know, let's cross that bridge when I heal it myself like I did my foot. Okay. Ah, interesting. You're, you have an immune system that works already. Everything. Well, I mean, a pain immune system for sure. I just, I really handled that. There was like one... There was one time where I was walking and fucking a, the sharpest pain I've ever felt went from my pinky toe all the way up to my ankle. And I felt it in my fucking armpits. It felt like somebody just grabbed a nerve and just yanked it really fucking hard. And I was like, I might have to just sit down and have somebody pick me up and take me home yeah. right now. But I just kind of kept going. Couldn't lay down on a bench because the hostile architecture. Uh, no, you couldn't lay down on a bench. That's for sure. But I was just like, that is, I mean, my kidney stones didn't hurt that bad. It was the sharpest. It was so sharp. So like stabby. Mm-hmm. There is something wrong down there. I know that for sure. I don't know what it is. Jason said it might be a fracture. And I'm like, no, I won't believe that until somebody tells me and I'm not going to see anybody about it. So it won't be a fracture. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, that's just the way it is with me, man. Something's got to go wrong. I'm trying to get out. I was so happy to be out of the foot pain. I was so happy to be on the other side of the foot pain i was going to take the longest walk ever tomorrow and now it's like uh you know yep yeah reset the calendar yep yep it'll happen it's going to be fixed yeah thank you it's been zero days since a murder brian moment that's true i can't believe that happened though man i can't believe i i don't know like i can't believe i made myself sick gave myself like a respiratory illness like on my own without mm -hmm. like going out and having somebody cough in my face or anything like i went and i gave myself one yeah you know yeah it's a big deal it's like that christmas i ruined because i fucking grabbed a uh cast iron uh 
a cast iron pot with my bare hands without thinking about it. And then for the whole rest of the day, I complain. Yeah. Those are just beautiful murder. Brian moments. Are just, <laughs> we needed like a card series, like a collectible plate series or something. Yeah. <laughs> murder. Brian moments. Um, also, I wanted to say thank you to the Drews for uh, hosting Drew Week. It rocked. Uh, Drew Toothpaste and Drew Spears. Uh, and also thank you to Simone Norman um, for talking to us about real sex. That was a lot of fun. And also Kasai Washington, Thick Puppy, T-H-I-C-C underscore P-U-P-P-I-E. Uh, great dude. I had a lot of fun talking to him. And I think we're going to do another one again uh, because it was a lot of fun to do. So look for that. Yeah, that's great. I don't know. Uh, we have D&D this week, right? We do have D&D &D on Thursday. D &D, so that's going to be the bonus show. Wrapping it up. Coming close to wrap up time. Then it's time for uh, what's the next thing? Uh, uh, oh, yeah. The newlywed game sort of thing. Yes. With other podcasters. The newly pod game. Yeah, the newly pod game. We're going to do the newlywed game with other podcasters. We're going to see if me and Brett are the greatest podcasting team of all time. And I think there's no way we can lose. Just not a possibility. Yeah, I don't know if other other people are are spending their holidays with their podcast partner like we do. <clears throat> yeah, you don't you don't um that's true. You don't like Jesse and Mike don't spend Christmas together. Right. Probably. I mean they could. They're a couple weird dudes. But uh yeah, that's what's gonna happen. We got a we got a game show host lined up to to host it, and uh, we're trying to figure out prizes and stuff like that. So it's going. Me and Brad are gonna end up winning every single episode. Landlord Jail in the chat is right though. Our biggest contender is Minion Death Call because yeah. they're like Bromeos. Yeah, but. Yeah, they've known each other longer than me and you have known each other, I think. Yeah, they were like in the pit when they were in their teens or yeah, something. Yeah, they were like 13. <laughs> we still beat them, though. We're fucking amazing, man. They haven't spent as much time together as me and Brett have spent. There's just no way. Nobody can. We slept with each other at two weeks every month for, for years. So we're going to do this. It's going to be all set up. It's going to be really fucking funny. Uh, maybe we'll save Minion Death Cult for the last one so that, like... We win a bunch, and then it won't feel so bad when we lose. The Ohio State schedule. Yes. Yeah, that's what we'll do. That's what we'll do. I already feel a little better, though, now that I'm podcasting. So well, That's good. I don't know. I was having yeah. a panic attack before I got here because of this yeah. thing. Because I was just like, you gave yourself pneumonia. You're going to die. Yeah. So that's what I got going on in my head. Yeah, uh, I was uh, super disappointed to be back. Um, I am a bird that wants to fly away. <laughs> Me too. I, I think I screwed up my whole life uh, going out there this week because it was just like the a taste of like the best best I could ever be, <laughs> and then I have to come home and think about it. But uh, you know, it, temporary things are great in life, and uh, it was amazing. And uh, but Ohio was not. I mean, I was so disappointed with like how people dress. It's mostly just people dress here. Everyone's so fucking ordinary and wants to fit in and not rock the boat. And when I landed in Minneapolis, I just saw like so many fucking sensible shoes and like the freest hats that people could get. That's what they were wearing. And I'm just was so disappointed after being on the West Coast where people are like serving looks and shit. Yeah, people do look cooler out there. They do dress <laughs> a little cooler out there. I will agree with that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I was always disappointed when we got back from the West Coast. 
to Ohio because it was like, does home have to like be a boring place? Could home <laughs> like be a fun place? Maybe I don't fucking know. Yeah, seems uh, like maybe. But Some I think home has to be a boring place. I guess that's from what I can understand. Everybody, everybody's goal should be when they get a little bit of time off work to get the fuck away from home, I guess. Is yeah. Really what you're supposed to want to do in your life. And that's just the way it is. And your parents decided at some point they were just going to settle in a place where nothing happens and no natural disasters can happen because they're cowards. And then that's what happens. That's, that's, that's how you end up there. I think, but, uh, you know, we'll get back out. We're we're oh, we're about to go back out on the road soon. We're about to we're about to be out there cruising the cruising the country. Yeah, again. we're going to the Paris of Appalachia. Yeah, we're we're going to a lot of different places. So that'll we, be Clebo is happening. I didn't have a hard date on I didn't Cleveland. Know that. I think Lexington will probably happen very soon. Okay, I we need think, to get those uh, updated. Infor- we need to get all that information down and <clears> out there. Well, I think September 18th, clear the date, September 18th, Cleveland. I think we're not announcing that yet, but I think that's going to happen. So, yeah, I think, uh, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, uh, check out Howl Dottie's Fast Track to hear my new metal hit song that I made. People are raving about this song. It's just a wonderful song. It's called Ramble. It is a new metal song about my walks that I take. And uh, it's just it's just a wonderful thing. So uh, check out my new metal hit because I do have a song now. I do have a hit song now. I'm trying to get it to number one on the Billboard charts so that I can then be um, a one hit wonder. A one-hit wonder. That's what I want to be. I want to be a one-hit wonder. I'm not, I don't have it in me to make another hit. No, one-hit wonder is the place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I have more than a half hour... We did that one in a half hour. We wrote that damn song in a half an hour. You know? So... I haven't heard it yet, unfortunately. <sighs> I will. It bangs, man. It bangs. Ooh, fuck. I'm going on a ramble. Ooh, fuck. I'm going on a ramble. People go nuts for that fucking chorus. Okay. But uh, yes, I am officially a finally a part of the new metal revival. Even though I did watch that crumb bum. Uh, oh, uh, Champagne Poggy said put it on iTunes. That's how Howell makes his money is uh, uh, he makes the songs available on his Patreon. So, but you can listen to it for free. Uh, you can listen to it for free on the feed. You just got to go to the end of the episode, but you can hear me write it. It's a uh, Howl Dottie's fast track. So check it out. It was fun. It was a hell of a good fucking time. Uh, I want to, uh, I want to perform it live someday. Really? That is what I want to do now. I Holy. want to perform it live someday. Okay. That should be easy to do. Yes. Yeah. I think Does so. Need a I mean, we need and... a whole band. Oh, you want? Oh, I thought you meant just like a backtrack, like a karaoke version. No, I'd have to memorize the song too because I didn't really memorize it. I uh, played the track in my ears, and I read the lyrics off the thing, and then I did it five times and sent him five takes of the song, and then he took those five takes and made the song out of it. So, gotcha. It was a good time though. It was very fun. The podcast was very fun to do. Uh, I was very nervous about it. Um, I was super nervous about it because it was like, he's done. I think I was episode 20 and I was like, what if I'm the, the episode where he doesn't finish the song? 
in 30 minutes. <laughs> so I was like all business. I was the only guy that didn't take him because I listened to Jesse's episode, Mike's episode, John's episode, and they just took him off off book during the half hour where you're supposed to be writing the song. They just kept fucking with them and, and delaying it and shit like that. And I was like, uh, and I was like, uh, all business. We're going to finish this fucking song. I have to write a rap because it's a new metal song. Of so, course. you know, uh, I also think Brett doesn't know this yet. I don't think he's checked his DMS, but I think we're going to go on Chapo this week and talk about Woodstock 99. Uh, that documentary that came out, people really want me to talk about it. Uh, you know, there's not enough time to talk about it on this show. Brett has not seen it yet, or maybe won't see it. I don't really know. <laughs> I do what I want, but it stunk and, uh, it was really bad and, um, I hated it and I hope the Netflix one's better. It's four episodes. It doesn't seem like a long amount of time, but Will did contact me and Brett today to see if we want to come on Thursday and talk about the Woodstock 99 documentary by Bill Simmons. And uh, I'm going to do it. So it stinks though. It's really bad. If you watched it, I mean, it's a bunch of fucking spin people making it sound, basically saying like, you know, music, Music was so much more politically correct and woke during Nirvana times. This Slim Biscuit times, it was just bad then. It was bad times then, you know? And then somebody mentioned me, uh, somebody mentioned this to me yesterday. I, uh, uh, oh, Tony Bonzarelli on, on Twitter, I believe is his name. He, or no, 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 no. Well, no, it's my buddy from Roach Coach, uh, Lauren. Let me get his, uh, let me get his app for you. But he said that he looked, he read an interview with the director of this Woodstock 99 uh, documentary. Uh, it's Cassidy 2099, Lauren Kozlowski from Roach Coach, that he read an interview with the guy that directed this. And he basically, in the interview, apologized because he went to corn and Limp Biscuit concerts when he was a teenager. Ew. Yeah. So what that's the fuck. That's kind of the, the tack it takes. That's and, good, uh, though. That's great. I mean, it would have sucked to have it be like well received and shit. What if Bill Simmons was like, I'm kind of like a freak on a leash? Yeah, I mean, that but it, fucking it, suck. it's more about like, oh, you know, all these women got sexually assaulted because of Limp Biscuit and stuff like that. No. And, and this riot happened because of Limp Biscuit. This riot happened uh, 36 hours later because of, or 28 hours later because of Limp Biscuit and shit like that. It's like that's, they blame like the sexual assaults and stuff like that on the new metal at the festival not rage against the machine though no or, they were uh uh i don't think but yeah. then metallica came right after them metallica was a huge problem uh the people that organized the festival blamed fred durst and anthony kiedis for the whole thing and it was just like there was so the whole fucking stupid fucking documentary talks about all the things the organizers did wrong Every single thing the organizers did wrong. And then their reason in the end that this happened was because Limp Biscuit and Corn and, uh, you know, ICP, even a picture of the Deftones when they start talking about new metal. And it's like the Deftones weren't even there and they are not 
whatever you want to say about the Deftones, they're not like aggro machismo male shit. You know, that they're like kind of the opposite of that, you know, like, so it was just like a really bad, it was a really bad documentary. It was really fucking unfair and it was really fucking stupid. Uh, but you know, I'll say this on the positive end for it. A lot of good footage that like, cause they must've gotten like, like people who took video cameras to the event. They must have gotten tapes from them. And that was really fucking neat because like, you know, for for the past 20 years, like for the past 20 years, all we've seen is the pay-per-view yeah, of M- Woodstock 99. The we, MTV, cover, MTV yeah. coverage. Yeah, we've never seen anything else. So like you really get to see like inside the place and what's going on and you get to see a guy get really nasty to MTV, which was like, Honestly, my favorite part of the festival was when people, whenever a guy from MTV would like show up, somebody would get like really confrontational with them. Like, not like, you know, why don't you play the kind of music I like, but like really fucking eyes turn into slits. And it's like, uh, why do you always play Britney Spears? No, I'm fucking serious. I'm serious. Why do you play that stuff? <laughs> and then he's like, well, you know, I know. And he's like, no. Like really intimidating kid, man, with no shirt on. You know what I mean? Just like really bad. Listen to me. Play the best music. (laughs) It's so funny. It was so funny. I saw those guys get scared a few times. I saw uh remember the Norris guy, John Norris from MTV News. You hear it first. Not Kurt Loader, the other. Big time news guy, the Norris guy. No, I only remember that geeky guy. Gideon Yego. Yeah. I saw him get yelled at once at a. At, oh, at, John Norris. I, I that was disrespectful to John Norris. He's a big part of my childhood. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, Gideon Yego. One time, I did see get screamed at really bad. I saw him get real scared once at uh, when Dimebag Daryl got shot. There was a uh, there was a vigil at the bar that he got shot at and me and my buddy went to it and we were kind of just standing around having a vigil for Dimebag Daryl and Gideon Yego. Like all the news companies were there. There were satellite trucks lined up in a parking lot across the street, every channel. Yeah. But Gideon Yego, for some fucking reason, decided I'm going to get my microphone and I'm going to interview some of these Pantera fans. And woof, buddy, he, was, he wasn't received very well. <laughs> And he looked so scared. It was really like wartime reporting for them sometimes when yeah. they had to cover a metal story, you know? So, uh, yeah. So I will, I'll probably talk about it on Chapo. I'll probably, I'm, I'm thinking about doing an episode about it, but I don't know, man. I mean, I just didn't like the documentary. I had a lot of problems with it, but, uh, it was actually kind of fun to watch, I guess. To see the stuff. What about the one we watched? The Soul My Soul for Rock and Roll? <clears throat> That's Ozfest. Ozfest, same thing. <laughs> better though. It's better Ozfest than this. Ozfest was sweet. It's much better than this. This is Talking Heads, right? So like- The band? No, no, no. This Woodstock 99 doc is some footage. Uh, and then people that write for Spin- I gotcha. Talking about what happened How uncomfortable at Woodstock they were, 99. Yeah. Jonathan Davis is on there and okay. he's pretty good. But like, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of spin writers were like, we're uncomfortable there. A lot of MTV people were like, it was really scary there. 
You know, I was very scared for myself. And I was like, well, 250 people hated you. <laughs> so you had a right. So I don't know. It's it's not bad. We'll, we'll check it out. Okay. And uh, somebody in a chat books case game said, damn, metal guys aren't really scary anymore like that. Yes, they are. That is a falsehood. That is somebody. Maybe I don't know how old you are. Okay. But young people always think that the people before them were better. No, metal fans still crazy as hell. No, well, I was actually talking to somebody about this. Um, death metal and like niche metal, uh, those people are sweethearts and usually just big geeks. Radio metal, any metal that's on the Blitz Rock or whatever, whatever you're the axe or the grinder or whatever you have. Uh, yeah, those fuckers are crazy. Like the, yeah. the corn, the corn mosh pits were violent, yes, violent, very. not not welcoming. <laughs> no, <laughs> not a lot of camaraderie, just nope. like fighting. Yeah, yeah. Radio metal is great. Those people are scary as hell. The right. guys that go when you go been see Breaking in- Benjamin, you are gonna be scared. They've been sitting in their trucks, beating the wheel to these songs, (laughs) waiting to do this. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Let's get to the phones. Uh, You get, is that call that I gave you on there? It is. You don't have to bring it up. I do. I feel like I have to. All right. Uh, Thanks for calling Street Fight. I know who we're talking to tonight. How's it going? Hello. Hello? Are you talking to me? Yes. Yes. How's it going? What's your name? Oh, (laughs) good. My name's Colleen. How are you guys? Great. How are you, Colleen? I'm doing pretty well. I called in um, on by the recommendation of my coworker who listens to you and um, wanted us to share about our union. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. We're, we're perfect for that. We love union stories. Yeah. What's going on? What kind of yeah. place are you? Um, what What kind of place are you trying to unionize? It's a it's a national nonprofit, so we're spread out. We have a we do school gardens, um, founded by Kimball Musk, Elon's brother, and uh, we. So I work directly with the schools. I work in Indianapolis. We have gardens in Los Angeles and um, Denver, Boulder. Boulder is where the headquarters is. Boulder, Colorado, um, Chicago, Detroit. Uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and Indianapolis, where I am. Wow! So this is a national. So basically, uh, your the the goal is to unionize a nonprofit that is a national nonprofit that gets gardens for schools. Yes, you got nice, it. Um, nice. And so it's Elon like, Musk's brother started the nonprofit, or is the boss? Yes. No, he is not the boss. He is one of the founders. He, you know, he runs these restaurants and they're like kind of like bougie farm to table restaurants. And uh, his company is called the Kitchen Company, Kitchen Restaurant Company. And so he wanted to like, well, the way he puts it is he wanted, you know, this farm to table um, to be available to people who wouldn't necessarily be able to afford in his restaurant to eat in his restaurants, which is most people <laughs> yeah. really, you know? Um, so then he started it a while ago, probably 2010 or 2009. I'm not sure. And 
Um, it was called the Kitchen Community back then, and his restaurants would donate a portion of their proceeds. He raised a lot of money from uh, his wealthy friends and con- connections, and then um, the nonprofit kind of separated and went its own direction, and it changed its name to Big Green in 2018. So now we're called Big Green. Big Green. Okay. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, what kind of challenges are you running into trying to establish a union with Big Green? Uh, well, you know, just what you'd expect. We have a really good union organizer through the Communication Workers of America, and she's done an excellent job preparing all of us. We did an inoculation training with the union-busting rhetoric that you would expect, like, it's, you know, they want to say this is a third party coming in, um, but it's not necessary. Uh, essentially, you're, you know, you ask for voluntary recognition for leadership. And I'm, I'm an optimistic person by nature. Uh, so I'm like, oh, maybe they'll recognize us. And our, our union organizer was like, doubtful. And <laughs> so uh, sure enough, they declined the um Leadership has declined to voluntarily recognize our union, which means that we're going to go to a hearing with the National Labor Relations Board, and they have hired attorneys to challenge our petition. And because we're a national nonprofit, we are all spread out across all these regions that I mentioned, and each region has pretty small staff. Here in Indianapolis, only two people, and one of them is a manager. So I'm the only person in Indianapolis who's not a manager. Um, In Chicago, there's only two, or no, excuse me. Yeah, in Chicago, there's like three or four staff, maybe I can't, uh, LA's two. Um, It's, you know, Memphis is our biggest program staff at like five people. and then they've consolidated all the leadership positions, you know, that mainly work out of Boulder, Colorado. So they declined to voluntarily recognize. They've hired these expensive attorneys. And the attorneys are now claiming that all of us technically qualify as supervisors or managers. Ah, um, I've never heard of this awesome. one. Is, you know, we have, I, I got to tell you, we have had calls almost every week of the call-in show, maybe even two calls some weeks from people organizing unions. And I got to tell you, the prize goes to you for the first person who's ever had the job say that you were, uh, uh, everybody's just a manager. Like we've never heard that (laughs) one. Our organizer was surprised and and the attorney (laughs) that, you know, representing our, our petition or, you know, on our behalf was also surprised that they took that route. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. I, I really didn't think that, that, uh, uh, I, I wouldn't have known that was a possibility. So that is strange. Are, are you, were you considered a manager like, uh, uh, before the union drive? Did they tell you that you were a manager or because you said you're specifically oh, no. not one? No, no, no. I, my title is, is a program coordinator. And then my coworker here in Indianapolis, her title is program manager. And then, um, and there's a questionnaire 
you know, like a supervisor questionnaire that we went through to determine who would be eligible for our unit. And it's mainly like, do you have hiring and firing power? Do you make salary decisions? Do you make, um, you know, like decisions about the direction of the company? You know, like, no, I don't. I don't do any of that. I can't hire anybody. I can't fire anybody. I can't discipline anybody. There's nobody even like below me in the hierarchy of our organization. <laughs> like it's, but they, they're going to try and argue. We anticipate they will try and argue that because in the past or in other regions, we've had interns or we've had program assistants that are part-time salary, part-time hourly employees. Um, and by part-time, I mean, they work like 10 hours in the season. Like they come out to, you know, a handful of events and help with garden activities. They're going to try and claim that because I have worked with program assistants in the past, that makes me a manager or a supervisor, which is, I think, ludicrous. Oh, that's super sneaky. Yeah, that is really that 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 one's rough. So so they can basically say that I, I never thought that you could even get away with that. So like. Um, well, we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are the next steps for uh, uh, getting in the union? What sort of uh, actually what sort of things are you asking for from from Big Green? Well, you, initially, we're just asking to be recognized. We, we don't even negotiate any contract details until the union is is official. So we can't really ask them for anything until they will negotiate with the union. And for that, they have to recognize that we're a union. So the first step is just to get them to recognize that we're a union. And the next, you know, since they've declined to do that voluntarily, then go to this hearing on August 5th and these expensive attorneys on their side are going to try and make this case that none of us are eligible for the union. And then our attorney is going to, um, refute that. And, and so we'll have witnesses, do, you know, saying that, no, that's not true. That's not what we do. That's not part of our job. Um, and so that's up to the, you know, the, the person in, in the National Labor Relations Board who's going to hear our case on August 5th on whether or not we're eligible. And then if we are, then there will be an election um, and we're confident that we have the numbers to win the election if we can get to that point. But, you know, attorneys get paid a lot of money for a reason. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So is there something that we could do to uh, help out that, that our listeners could do? Is there a place to get info or, or, or show up or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for asking. So right now we have a public Instagram um, and Twitter account at Big Green Union, and uh, we are sharing updates through that. We are kind of waiting a little bit to see um, how, like, the initial public pressure was just a lot of posts and tagging our leaders, tagging Kimball Musk a lot, showing the solidarity that we have in the community. We we took a very positive um, route and wanted to stay extremely positive about the work that we do and why we're forming a union and not, you know, drag the company, not try and like fling mud yeah. or anything. Um, but just 
you know, say we do this because we love what we're doing and we just want to make it better. And we just want to have, we really want to have long-term sustainable careers with the organization. And, um, you know, part of that is this, you know, having this protection of the union because we are losing extremely talented, you know, creative, <laughs> passionate people left and right because, um, you know, we're not, we don't feel like we're being heard or valued in the way that, you know, extremely talented, creative, professional people want to be heard and valued. <laughs> and so following the, you know, Big Green Union Twitter, Big Green Union Instagram, sharing publicly that you support unions, why you support unions, tagging Big Green, tagging Kimball Musk. We are, we're not trying to harass or troll anyone yet <laughs> but <laughs> to that point um but i i i can say you know with like a hundred percent confidence that i truly am love the job that i have i love working in schools directly with students and teachers on growing food teaching about food literacy about food apartheid and food systems you know so that there's more awareness and understanding of how these disparities have come to be in what kind of food people have available to them. It's really, really important work and highlighting the importance of that work on the ground, which is what the program coordinators and our project managers who design and build the gardens do. Um, and, you know, that, Though we value this work, we value the place in the community, and we'd love to see Big Green recognize our union. They could change their mind at any time. I mean, I, I am extremely disappointed that with a nonprofit who raises money from philanthropists and donors and grants around the country, they would choose to use, presumably use Big Green money to fight their, you know, their own workers rather than use those funds to improve our programming or maintain our gardens or build new gardens. Like that's just blows my mind, but you know, that's, that's the world we live in. And, you know, I'm not surprised with, uh, you know, our founder being who he is and that history of the Musk family that they wouldn't be initially receptive to a union, no. um, <laughs> but they could always change their mind. You know, yeah. they could always do the right thing. And, and say, you know, we should just recognize the union and and negotiate directly with the unit. Um, it doesn't look like it's going to go that route. So we're anticipating leadership will have like one-on-one -on -one meetings with us to try and change our mind or I, I don't really know. I mean, it's not, I guess it's not legal for them to just try to discourage or dissuade us from being in the union, but they might try and explain why they're not recognizing it. Um, and maybe try and entice or incentivize us in some way. Uh, I'm I'm really curious to see yeah. what what's going to happen. Me too. Can you keep keep us updated on it? And uh, we listen for real, listeners. Don't be mean. Just do what do what they ask yes. and uh, help them out. <laughs> and thank yes, you for calling. Thank you. thank you for calling. Have a great yeah, day. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks a lot. You too. Peace. Big Green Union on Twitter and Instagram. I just gave him a follow. I hope you do too. Yeah. You already were following him. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs>
Brett Payne was already following them. He knew about it before I did. <laughs> he was on a trip, so they had to te- so they had to message me. Uh-huh. They had to go through the B man. I don't know how I did find it. Maybe they did message me first. Probably, but you know, we were. It was Drew Week. They didn't know it was Drew. They Week. They didn't know it was Drew Week. That's true. No, they should have sent Drew. They did. The Drews would have got it to me. By the way, uh, just before we get to the next call, uh, apparently Frito Lay, the Frito Lay strike is technically over. Really. But they, uh, uh, all they got was that they can only work six days a week instead of seven and they can still work 12 hour shifts those six days a week. So, uh, and they didn't get a pay raise. They didn't get any of that stuff that they asked for. Uh, so I, you know, please pay attention to what the union and the workers are saying over there because I'm not a hundred percent sure where the boycott where the boycott's at or or total or anything like that. But like, you know, again, as me and Drew said, it's bullshit that the company is saying that they did not call them suicide shifts. Those when you work twelve hours, seven days a week, you work a suicide shift. Yeah. There is that is and and anybody who's worked in a warehouse, anybody who's worked a blue collar job knows the kind of language that they use inside the job is different from the language that's maybe even officially written in the handbook or that the company will tell you. And so the company says that they weren't called suicides. They, oh no, we never called, we never called them suicides, you know? And then a few people have committed suicide because they've, you know, their marriages have dissolved and, They've, there's oh. been people that have died. Oh, lack of sleep and all that stuff makes you a different person. Lack of sleep, overwork, it makes you not a, not a yourself. Yeah. I mean, nobody in this fucking world can work 12 hours a day, seven days a week in a fucking factory that has fryers running and doesn't have air conditioning. Nobody can do that. There no. is not a human being on this fucking planet whose body can handle that. That sounds like something you'd, it sounds like a feat of strength that you would give someone a hundred thousand dollars if they could do that. (laughs) You fucking dude. Yeah. That's a perfect way to put it. Because when I fucking was hearing these shifts, they were working. They, you, they talked about it. They said, you get eight, you go home, you get eight hours off. Yeah. At a time. Like you just get eight hours off and you have to be back at work. And they were, it was mandatory. And then they were like, oh, you know, we didn't, it's not mandatory. And it's like, you fucking lie, dude. You fucking lie. I worked, I worked in a fucking warehouse. Yeah. Anybody that's worked knows yeah. they're lying. Yeah. We used to get, when I, Abercrombie Warehouse, they started doing mandatory Sundays, I would go fucking bonkers. Like, yeah. it's like, how is this possible? Seven days a week is unfucking real yeah unacceptable and 12 hours 12 I mean, hours it's seven days ugh. a week at eight hours because i did seven days a week at eight hours a couple of times and it sucks but it's like doable but seven days a week at 12 hours i just don't think that's like human it's punishment cost. that's yeah. punishment yeah that is that i i mean i i i can't even think of i don't know anybody that could handle that they said it gets like 130 degrees by the fryers 
And then the other parts of the place are still super hot. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, it's fucking no air conditioning in, in hey, the warehouse. Hey, we can't bring out the big fans until it hits 100. Remember, I know it's 97 all day today, but we can't <laughs> bring out the big fans until it gets 100. That's the rules. And also, uh, what about the free gator? Only one free Gatorade a day to everybody when we're doing the suicides. That was on uh, Undercover Boss. That actually made air on Undercover Boss for a company that didn't have air conditioning. That was They were working in a really hot warehouse. And they were like, well, you can have one Gatorade a day. And it wasn't even these big Gatorades. It was a... Oh, no. It was the, it was the Costco, Costco pack. Costco. <laughs> yeah. It was like it was like 13.9 ounces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was really tough to read for me, man. Because, like, again, even just the idea that the company's saying that, that, that the workers are lying. And, and, you know, at the time, we were reading in the chat. And... Uh, uh, you know, we're reading in the chat and some people said they had been talking to other people in their lives who were like, uh, well, the company says they're not, they don't do suicides. And it's like, they're lying. I mean, that, you what just, do you I just know that's a lie. Why? Yeah. I don't know how anybody could, people trust the company. Just, they want, that's <laughs> what they want to hear. Even the company said they call them, the, the company said we call them like splits or something like that. Mm -hmm. Some, some kind of thing like that, where it's just like, no, you don't. Your fucking management at this company calls it suicides. I have worked at places with fucking nasty names yeah. for phenomenon at the job. I've worked at places like that. So yeah. that's bullshit. Hey, we got an open queue right now. So if you want to call in 614-655-3887, let us know what's going on. I think we just I should have called him back. Uh, let's see who our next caller is. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh, hi, it's Brandon in Pittsburgh. Howdy. Hey, what's up, Brandon? How you doing? You going to be there right, on the man. 16th of September? What's that? Uh, the 16th of September. You going to come see us at Club Cafe? Uh, I'm going to try to, for sure. Um, I quit my job last week, so... Uh, I should have some free time. Congratulations! Well, yeah, and uh, just DM one of us, and and we'll we'll <laughs> let you. What, since you're going to be broke, uh, we'll put you on a guest list. How's we'll, that? Sound? We'll send you a prize pack uh, too to celebrate. No, fuck that, dude. Um, I I kind of quit because I I like I don't have a lot of bills, and I had a bunch of money saved, and my boss pissed me off. So <laughs> oh, uh, better. Wait, is this? Yeah, no, it was. <clears throat> have you called before? Yeah, I uh, I told Brett that when uh, when y'all roll through town, I'm going to take you for a ride in my muscle car. I uh, yeah, I'm actually going to have the time to get it running good now. Oh, you're not the ice cream truck guy, right? No, no, I don't know that dude. Yeah, there's an ice cream truck guy in Pittsburgh too that like will just work and work and work and work and work and save up a bunch of money and then quit <laughs> and then go look for another job, <laughs> which I think is that's the way. Honestly, that's the way life should actually be. Yeah, that is people will say that that's like a, a bad mentality to have or, or whatever like that. But I truly believe that the real prime way to live your life is work, 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 work until you have a bunch of money saved and then quit and then worry about it again later when you're running out of money. I like that idea. I, that's how I used to do it, but I actually liked the job that I had. Um, but 
I have a new boss for like the last like six or eight months. And he was kind of, he obviously didn't like me. He let people know he didn't like me. And oh, he said uh, it. This, what's that? Did he say it out loud? Like he said it to other people. I was made privy to meetings where he uh, told people that I was lazy and like didn't deserve more money and stuff like that. Dude, you know what though? I, I mean, in this world, in the street fight world, if there's me, if you're coming up in management meetings, you're a hero. You're wonderful. Yeah. You're a great person. I used to come up in management meetings sometimes. Well, well, I kind of thought you, you guys might appreciate the story because it's, it's very rare in the working world that you get to that point where you just don't give a shit anymore. And so you have all of the leverage yeah. between you and your boss. Yeah. And, and you're that's like what happened last week. Looking at the coastline, you can set sail anywhere you want to go. <laughs> They they handed me my, my paycheck and they didn't bring us in for reviews and for raises like they usually do and they're supposed to. And I look at my check and I've got a, a quarter raise and I go, I, I bypass my boss and I talk to his boss and I'm like, there was a mistake, dude. I, I, at the bare minimum, I was supposed to get more than that. And they're like, yeah, that, that was a mistake. So they, they come back and they're like, it was, it was a mistake. That's our bad. You were actually supposed to get 29 cents. Oh my God. You can't and, fucking tell somebody four cents is money. You're just, the four cents isn't even money. Period. I don't yeah. care. I fucking, it's not even considered money until it's a quarter. Like everything under a quarter is not even money anymore. Yeah. I, I've decreed that anything under 25, really, let's just be honest here. Anything under a dollar is not money. Change really. doesn't count. It's just not money. What are you going to do with it? Barely. Smash it for a, like an amusement park thing. Put, put, smash it in. Smash pennies is the the way better than a real penny. Put it on a railroad track. Yep. You know I like doing that and shit, but like I just like for me it's like, what do you do when you get? What do you do with your change? You stick it in the console of your car, and then sometimes you have like six dollars, and then you cash it in, and it's like. He would really do anything with six dollars anymore. Everything costs too much money. True. Okay, and a fucking dollar. I can't. I'm. I'm gonna sit here for one second here and try to think of something that costs one dollar. Refried Arizona beans. iced tea. Okay, Arizona iced tea is ninety nine cents, right? I mean, some, some of them are going up, but yeah, they they still are in some places. But drinks, I've had a sticker dollar twenty five one before as well. Yeah, and drinks are taxed. Yeah, those are bullshit. <laughs> drinks are dope, but drinks are taxed. So Arizona yeah. iced tea that's ninety nine cents actually like a dollar three. It's true, right? You so you gotta really go to beans, beans and canned 89 vegetables. Eighty nine cents, eighty nine yeah. cents range. Beans and canned vegetables are the only things you can get for under a dollar these days. There's just nothing else that is fucking worth having. I love beans. Lots of candies. No. The dollar store still fucking kicks ass. Well, the dollar store is popping. You can off. fuck That's up the dollar everything store. at the dollar store costs two dollars though. No, I'm talking a about the real of, one. A lot of them do. Not the dollar general. Cent. Yeah, yeah. Dollar general doesn't count. Dollar general ain't a dollar store. That's a fucking ripoff. Yeah, they shouldn't be even allowed to call it no. a dollar. It's a lot of dollars. Yeah, it's it's eight dollars for some stuff in there. It's like <laughs> what? Yeah, because I remember one time I walked into the dollar general and I saw that they had laundry detergent. And I got so fucking excited and happy. I was like, laundry detergent for a fucking dollar? That's not possible. And it wasn't. It was more than a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That's $15. <laughs> so 29 cents yeah. is where you were at. So I kind of think you guys might appreciate the way I quit because I actually did put it in a two week notice. My, my work's all fucked up and I respect my coworkers. I just don't like my boss. Yeah. Uh, so I went home and I went to the store and I went to the, like the, the greeting card section for condolences and I got, uh, uh, I'm sorry for your loss card. <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, so the cover just said, I'm so sorry for your loss. And the inside was some like, I hope you can make it through this kind of bullshit. And I, uh, I wrote my last day on that and signed my name and handed that to my boss the next day. <laughs> that I mean, is amazing. Hey, that let is me explain. great. Let That's me classy. Just... That is a classy move. That's what I was going to say. That's a class fucking way You're to do it. What are those act. cards for? Yeah. You're going to miss me when I'm gone, baby. Let's fucking, we should, this, you just gave me a great idea and I'm not going to steal it from you because you're a good person and you don't have a job right now, but, uh, I'm quitting uh, cards might be like a good thing. And me and Brett will not steal that idea, but we'll cut you in. We'll cut you in. Use it to your heart's content, man. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I got I got real lucky a few years back and uh, I called you guys with a scam one time too, where I made like a fuck ton of money, like years, like 10, 15 years ago, I guess 12 years ago it was. So my house is paid off and like, I don't have a car payment and I have a bunch of money saved because I don't have any bills. So yeah, when, when they were like, here's 29 cents, I'm like, I don't know guys. It sounds like you need this more than I do. You should, this caller uh-huh. should call into Dave Ramsey and just fucking lay into like, just be like, yeah, I paid off my house. Yeah, I paid off my car. Or, you know, I don't have a car payment. I paid off my house. You know, say all the stuff that you, you say as a success and then be like, I quit my job with a fucking grieving card and I think you're bullshit, Dave Ramsey. You would be a great Dave Ramsey prank. You might even be able to prank Dave Ramsey into having you on his show. <laughs> hey, we're back. We're back. Ready to crack a lack. The boys are back in town. Oh, I just want to make an announcement, too. Uh, I'm going to be at Beer Stube this Wednesday at 6 p.m. Uh, I'm taking over the jukebox for one hour. So I get to pick one hour of songs from their jukebox. If you want to come hang out with me, I will be at Beer Stube, 1479 North High Street this Wednesday from probably 6 to 8-ish. I don't know. Really? Right before the show, yeah. That's really cool. I know. Bob asked me to fun. do it, so I'll be there. You tell Bob I always wanted to DJ. I'll have uh yeah, I'll have I'll let him know. <gasps> you can do the hour next hour if you wanted. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I mean tomorrow? Wednesday. Okay, maybe. I don't know. Wednesday. If, if I don't have the crud, you know? The pneumonia? The crud. I'm yeah. gonna be dying of pneumonia sometime this week. Well, maybe as your make a wish you could get to program a jukebox for one hour before you die. I really wish I could play ramble for everybody because I think you'd all love it. Uh, my wife even said it was good and she didn't like anything I do. Now she's going to listen to this and get mad about it. Because in I trouble. Said that. <laughs> you can also call back in everybody. Yeah, uh, Brando's in there. Who? Brandon's back? Yeah. All right. Well, Brandon's on. back and we're going to be in trouble. Hey, Flub. Hey, Flub. That Brandon's back. That actually wasn't a flub. Brandon. Why am I in trouble for? You're not You're, in trouble. We're in trouble with you. I we, feel like yeah, we're going to we get a pat Brett just. I don't know. You said Brandon's back and he's in trouble. So 
Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be in trouble. Yeah, we're gonna get in trouble here. No. Uh, so oh, no, I'm not really one. To... <laughs> you're not one to complain. Yeah, I don't really give a shit. Yeah, well, yeah so uh, I stay up late, but I don't give a fuck about my job anymore. So yeah, you don't have a job no more, man. You're just a guy that is well, sitting around. I got, I got my I got my two weeks. I just put in my notice on Thursday. Are you going back? Yeah, I figure. Uh, like, yeah. like I said, my work was super, super short staff. We're a machine shop, so it's super hard to actually find people who know how to like run the equipment. You know, um, it's gonna kind of fuck over my old coworkers if I don't, and I don't really want to fuck them over. Brandon, yeah, you, do you know what the true victory here could be? They talk you into staying. For you, that's a real victory. Oh, um. There is, so there's a guy who's effectively my supervisor and he, he's like, he's the kind of dude who doesn't want you to know he's a good dude. Uh, so he hasn't said a word about it to me, but several other people at, uh, in the department have come up to me and be like, you know, he's trying to get you like a bunch more money. So you'll stay. Yeah. He's like me. He's done. Why anybody know he's a good dude. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> it's just, we're, we're, uh, there's a lot of guys like us out there, but yeah. If they get you more, if you get more money and you stay and they ask you to stay, I think you quite possibly could be the winningest person that I can think of. Because when I said I was leaving the cable company, they went like this, you know, like as in God, finally, man, we've been trying to get rid of this guy. I've never quit a job where they were like, please stay. (laughs) Uh, I have done it before, so and I, it is nice because then yeah. you get to walk in with a different air of confidence. You yeah. get to say that I, I got the keys to this place. Whatever yeah. I want happens. I tell them how I'm going to get paid. I don't wait for them to tell me. I just tell. I just tell them off skedaddle. I don't need this fucking job. That might be the way to kind of. That might have been the. Well, it wouldn't have worked out I for me because I was a crummy worker. But like, if I could have gone in to my job and said, this is my two weeks notice. I quit. And then they begged me and I stayed. That might've like cured my anxiety around work. I would also say, even if you're at a job, I think I have that beat. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think that there's an amount of money that they could pay me to not tell them to fuck off. Really? Um, what I am doing. Yeah. I'm opening up my own shop and I'm stealing a bunch of work from them. Oh, that's fine. Tight. That's, that's tight. Tight. I love it when people do that. I do love that. That is that kind of thing to me is the most baller move in the world. And then you steal that you poach their employees too. That's always a baller thing to do. No, we, uh, we, we were a machine shop, but we did some welding, but I was the only welder. So I, I'm just going to contact all of the people that we did welding for and be like, listen, they're trying to outsource all this, but I've, I've done all of your work for the last like four years. So send it on over. I'm opening up my own spot. Hey, I can weld too. If you just teach me how and, uh, uh, pay me a whole bunch of money. So <laughs> no, no NDA or anything like that. Non, non-compete, non-compete. Nope. I mean, now that there is a weird non-compete clause in our handbook, but it doesn't apply to like, after you've left, it's just, you can't work for a competitor while you're working for us. Yeah, I think that's a, like with every place, right? Because like I remember when I worked at McDonald's, they were like, "You can have another job, but it's got to be at like 
a movie theater, Target. You can't work at another. You can't work at Burger King. You can't yeah. work at McDonald's and Burger. Which is Dude. stupid. That's stupid anyway. No, it's a lifestyle. It's not hey, a some, job. Some, it's a family. Some places, so, some places are fucked up. Do y'all remember Pierceology in Columbus? I yes. do. Been I, several piercings and spent all yeah. my time at 18 years old driving down there to get piercings. That's where people. I got my piercings too. My eyebrow pierced twice. If you if you quit piercology, you couldn't work within a hundred miles for like four years as oh, a piercer. Four it years. Was in their contracts. See, that's fucked up. Three or four years. It, it, yeah, it, they don't have that anymore. But like ten years ago, back when they were on like High Street or wherever they were in right. the short north, uh, yeah, they they had that in the contract. I gotta get my eyebrows pierced again. Go for it. I had to go to Pierceology and get my eyebrow pierced again so people look at me different. I put on a fake lip piercing for a TikTok and then just got inundated with stuff like, you should get your lip pierced for real. Yeah, yeah. We're still allowed to get that stuff. Oh, yeah. Because I can do whatever I want. Yeah, we're not we're not office guys. It's less pathetic. We don't wear khakis and stuff. You know, we don't throw on khakis and a flannel. It makes you look good. It would be nice to see like an office worker dude in like just a regular old button up shirt and a, like a septum piercing like yeah. go to work and be like i've always wanted one yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um so everything's I, you know what i'm looking at by the way i'll tell brandon ambrett uh when the caller from the big green union got on and she had mentioned that it was elon musk's brother so i googled him and I'm looking at pictures of him, and he wears a big 10-gallon hat all the time. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, in every fucking picture, he's wearing a fucking 10-gallon cowboy hat. Wow. He's getting ready to go into space, man. Does he wear, like, Western suits to match? I gotta find it. Oh, did he go to space with... E oh, no. He, he, is no. he going with Elon? No, I don't know. I just, isn't that what you do when you're like a billionaire going into space and want to look humble? You put on a cowboy hat and act like a douchebag? <sighs> yeah. I mean, that's going to be my plan when I go to space. <laughs> I mean, you almost got there for a wedding. What? <laughs> a full Western regalia? Yeah, but I'm an idiot. That's the difference. I mean, yeah, that's an idiot, yeah, it's do. an idiot yeah. thing. Yeah. It's an idiot. Idiots love that stuff. Billionaires are just as stupid as you. But I wore a hat hat. I just wore my my uh, fear of God essentials hat, which made me look normal. Man, cowboy shirt, motherfucker! You cannot wear a cowboy hat with regular shoes. Never, not never, ever, not ever, never. I was wearing boots, you, work boots, cowboy boots. Well, I don't have any cowboy boots. They look. You cannot silly. wear with some fucking Stan Smith Adidas ass shit. This dude's sitting on a tufted sofa wearing a cowboy hat. I fucking hate this guy. I do too. I hate his guts. So. Do you think uh so you're you're getting out of there. You're not going to work there anymore and uh you're not going to take that I mean, I'm glad you quit, Brandon, and I'm going to tell you why. A 29 cent raise is an insult and you should especially like if you had told me you were working at a fast food place and they offered you a 29 cent raise, right? You would go like this. You'd be like, well, that's what they do. That's yeah. That's what they do at those places, whatever. Now that you've added the wrinkle that you're a welder. Yeah. It's right. like you don't get welders don't get 29 cent raises, do they? They try. Dude, mostly I run machinery like mills and lathes and stuff. That's way harder than welding. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, like, we no, are under the understanding, though, that welding is the hardest thing in the world to do. Not me. Uh, I am under the understanding that welding is super hard because it pays $75 an hour. It pays by the inch. Yeah, but it right. doesn't. It, dude, okay, I, everything that you hear about welders making six figures, that, that's, that's because they want to get as many welders. They're doing the same thing they did with software developers 10 or 15 years ago. They're trying to flood the market so they can make it so you're paying 12, getting paid $12, $14 an hour. Makes sense. I've, Wait, I've so they so don't make $75? Because I, I, I heard growing up, they were like, hey, you get a trade like a welding job, they're going to pay you $75 an hour. And I always was just I like, met, shit, I'd work one week and then quit. I've met one welder that made that amount of money. Uh, they, they shipped him all over the country, so he was never home. And he yeah. was working like eighty, uh, like on the clock, 80 and 100-hour weeks. Oh, that's so sucks. he was getting pretty much time and a half or double time every hour he was away from home. So he was he was making like well into the six like low six figures. But I mean, he was working a life that wasn't any sort of life. Like he was never home. He never saw his like wife and his kids. No, it's totally. I I always found it though. I mean, what I think happens sometimes. Uh, 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 you know, me and Drew also talked about this. Uh, me and Drew Spears also talked about this, is that there are people who genuinely love to go to work and to work. It's just, they're just people. They're like a, pers a 1%, maybe less part of society, but every place I've ever worked at has had one person who worked any hours they could get They're, as many as they possibly could. And you'd be like, do you need the money? And they'd be like, uh, uh, you always need the money. Like it's just, this like constant. They're traumatized to avoid their own life is what they yes, are. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. But they are, there are those well, people that, I, so like if somebody, I, I am that guy. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause if people tell me they work 60 hours a week by choice, I kind of, look at them like why but then again i you know i told this story wednesday but like i i knew a guy that paid a hundred dollars a week to take people's on call so like and and uh, like, i i work 60 hours a week voluntarily yeah you, <laughs> do you just like being at work or is it the money uh the money's all right like i i didn't make bad money it's just i thought that their raise was insulting so i quit because i didn't need the job Right, I mean, especially if you work 60 I, hours I a week. I, I, yeah, the, the money's not bad. Um, if I didn't have anything else going on that week, I would work that much. If I had other stuff going on, I wouldn't. But also, like, I'm building a van for drag racing, uh, and that shit is so fucking expensive. Uh, yeah. So, you know, every, every penny counts, man. Wait, a, yeah, that's a an exact, van That's an exact race? art. You're making a van for drag? Like, what kind of van? Uh, it's, it's a 1965 Chevy van. It's like the old flat front ones where the engine's like inside the cab with you. Ah, I'm, I'm looking one up now. We, uh, yeah, I, I cut out the rear frame section and we fabricated like a new, like more high end, uh, frame for it. And I just got all the suspension mounted up and I have quit my job. Cause I'm like, yo, this is really close to being like a real thing. So y'all can go fuck yourself. I'm going to build my van. I'm going to become a van drag racer. I like it. I like the attitude. I'm, well, I always hear you guys talking about vans, and I'm like, man, I should have called in today because I, 
I'm a van guy. Like my, 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 my car I drive every day is a 1975 Chevy. Uh, I got a, a bunch of early Chevys, like the flat front ones. I got like Woo. nine of them, Woo. like parts vans. And yeah. Shit. We're going to yeah. have to set up a weird vehicle day in Pittsburgh. We're going to have to get all the vehicles out there. Yeah. I actually, I actually saw a big, it had to be a seventies, maybe eighties van with the windows like blacked out. It even had a porthole window on the side, but it was a black van. Yeah, mine's got that. Yeah, it was a it was all black and it drove by. And I looked at that van and I was like, why have they made vans like a thing that creeps have? Because I would drive that fucking van. That van looks fresh as hell. But then I got to the point where I was like, I don't care. I don't fucking care what people think about me. I think I want a van. I'm not going to get one, of course, but we're a pickup truck family. That's we're getting. But I, I think I want get a van. van. They're black. Mine's get, my, my van's got like shag carpet and all the like diamond pleat interior and stuff like that. Hell I got yeah. a fuzzy refrigerator in my van. Man, fucking love it. Van life. I want a fucking van, man. They're great. And you could make the inside of the van like basically like a camper, right? And just go travel i mean i guess you wouldn't have air conditioning and all that stuff on if you slept in the I van. yeah i mean you can though there's I electrical air conditioning at home it's fine yeah there's electrical hookups and all that stuff you could easily plug it in and just put it in your car all right i'm looking into this well, the van. Secret with van people is you don't need air conditioning you just get so drunk that you don't remember going to bed brian can't do that i don't drink though that's the issue with me is uh uh you get so stoned that you don't realize there's no ac I was That's... bragging last night to my younger brother. Like I, I was like kind of bragging to him because we were just having this conversation. And I went like this. Hey, man, you know, my air conditioning went out the first night. I mean, we're talking the hottest days of the year is when this happened. And I go the first night. I put two. I put a fan in a window and a fan on me and I slept and I woke up at my normal fucking time. And that's when I. I saw that and I was like, man, I did it. Like, I felt like a real sense of accomplishment the next day when I woke up because it was just like, holy shit, man. I fucking, I, I slept when it was hot without air conditioning, but, uh, I don't want to do that anymore, but I was so proud of myself when I did it. <laughs> Dude, if you don't use air conditioning, you don't get used to air conditioning and it's a lot easier. That's what I'm on that same wavelength, my friend. Get that cross. Yeah, dude, going. it's the way to go. I love air conditioning. I got a window unit for when it's like absolutely unbearable, but I turn that thing on maybe once a week. Yeah, my Gosh. neighbors like that too. My neighbor, we have central air. My neighbor has central air, and she's got her windows open, and it's like ninety something degrees today. I'm like, what are you fucking doing? Mm -hmm. You can shut those and get it cool in that house. So I don't know what's going on with anybody anymore. People hate air conditioning. <laughs> well, Brandon, thank you for calling. It was a good story. I hope to yeah. see you in Pittsburgh again. Get a hold of us, and we will uh, uh, put you on a guest list for the for the show because you quit your job in a cool way and uh, you have a cool van. Bring your van, though, please. Yeah. No, the no the, well, the was, car. Oh, bring the hot rod then. Yo, I'll take y'all for a ride in the muscle car, and then we can go pick up the van. I, I, yo, it's whatever. I got all the time in the world these days. All right. Thanks for calling, Brandon. It was good to talk to you. All right. Hey, 
Uh, listen to Cars and Comrades podcast and help Brett. Brett, come on sometime or something. I don't know. Absolutely. Like oh, I didn't know who this. I for, I didn't know who this was. Yeah, yeah. you should go on that show. Yeah, you have a good Instagram too. For Pete's sake. Right? Oh yeah, uh, my dude Connor runs that, but you uh, know he, okay. he's got the sentiment down. Fuck bosses, fuck cops, go fast. I mean, right. it's really tight though that you just gave your friend credit because I would have just been like, oh, I do that, I do all that. You know. Yeah. Oh, Everybody dude, all, just knows all I do for that the I podcast is show up. Th- those dudes deserve credit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I just get hammered on a recording and yell too much. <laughs> well, that I mean, that's the way to be. Me and Brett have the shit <laughs> divided up in a way that like neither one of us gets to say I don't do anything. So that's kind of a bummer. But, you know. One of these days. We're well, you can say it. It just might not be true. We yeah. have assistance. We're going to have a team. We're just going to get a whole team where all we have to do is show up. I'm going to walk in and somebody's going to hand me all the topics for the day. Yeah. Someone's going to tell you they feel terribly sorry for whatever you're going through. Yes. 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 For your bronchitis. That you uh, they're going to tell you they're terribly yourself. sorry, but they're quitting their fucking job because you suck. Yeah. You know, I mean, that'll happen. <laughs> Although me and Brett are wonderful to, to work for. For real about that. Oh no, I'm I'm just like really like uh, stoked that I was actually cool enough to to do the quitting that way. I was. That's the way to do it, though. <laughs> that that's definitely you did it the right way. Have a good one. Yeah, I appreciate have a good that, one, Brandon. Yeah. Peace, 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 peace. I was a highway man show. in Peace. a Ford Taurus. I did ride welder <laughs> by my side. What's up? You got to go on that show. That'd be good for you. Yeah, I think car show. Man, I want a van now, dude. Um, I'm. I mean, you know what? There'll be new things to want tomorrow that'll feel just as exciting. I think fan seems a van. Fan. <laughs> I need a fan. Um, <laughs> I, a van seems like the best thing I could ever possibly have. Erica does it, and it is definitely the way to do it because she went to the beach for thirty five dollars a night. You know, rental. Yeah, that's all you're paying to stay. Yeah. And she's got like a sick mattress that she sleeps on in the back of the van. It's not like tent can't, it's not sleeping on the fucking ground. No, sleeping on the ground. It's not sleeping on rut systems. Sleep, sleeping on the ground is the worst, man. Yeah. Unacceptable. We used to go camping and Kate, actually, I had this weird conversation with Katie uh, uh, where she was like, yeah, because my daughter was supposed to sleep in a tent last night with her two, with her two cousins. They were going to sleep in a tent outside. They lasted until 1130 and then went in the house. So right. It was very. But uh, I said something to my wife about like, you know, I hate sleeping in a tent, partly also because you always wake up wet. Yeah. She dewy. Was, she was like, yeah, you wake up wet with fucking dew all over you and sweat and piss. And I was like, I think you're throwing out a situation that like. It's very specific to you because I never woke up with piss all over me. We drink too much, like they said. (laughs) We drink enough to pass out at the campsite. You might wake up and pee pee. Well, her sister peed the bed when they were kids and they slept in the tent. So yeah, that ruins the whole thing. And it's just like my my wife was very broke. Her parents were very broke growing up, and and uh, uh. so every year for their vacation, for one month of summer vacation, they went tent camping at a campground that was like 45 minutes away from their house so their parents could still go to work every every day. And my my wife will tell you every time she's like, 
it was the worst time of my life. Like it was just, I didn't like camping. I didn't like being at the campground all day. I mean, you, you could have walked s- home the whole time. You didn't yeah. real, you don't realize until you're older that you could have just ran home. Yeah. Well, no, it was 45 minute drive away. Still. I, yeah. mean, being <laughs> I mean, stuck there all day with my fucking family when my parents at work. I know. Ugh. I know. You're never clean. If you camp for a month, you're never fucking clean. You never feel confident that like you knocked all the, the dust off. That was one of the big, uh, uh, the Woodstock 99 documentary. One of the things they really got right was talking about the, when they started talking about the showers, that's probably the last time I went for an extended amount of time without a shower. And even then I had a bottle, uh, the big um, quart, whatever the milk comes in, the gallon. Yes. Of water. And then I just grabbed soap and I poured it over my head and soaked up and everything. But it was just, I was so filthy and I felt so gross. And really that's why I never wanted to go to another festival again. It took me a really long time. We we went to Austin city limits. That was the next festival I went to after Woodstock 99. Yeah. And then we're going to the gathering of the juggalos, but that's 40 minutes away from our house. And we just go and go to bed. Yeah. We're going to leave our kids though. While we work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're just going to go to work. Eric doesn't know, but Eric deal, the guy, the uh, doing the paint, doing the painting on the car, he's going to be there that weekend. He's coming to the gathering. Oh, you're going to bring him to the gathering (laughs) of the juggalos. Fuck. Yeah, man. That's going to be fun, man. We're going to have the best time. All right, we got any calls? We do. Because we lost all of our calls, so we've we got were some, like, trying to build up that queue we again. we got them calls. Uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, is it me? Yeah, you would it's know. you. Who's this? Hello? Who hey, is this? Yeah, Spectres in the Seattle. Dark. Who is this? Wait, who's this? Is it CM. Oh, what's up, CM? CM? Is it? Let me ask hey. you this. Does it stand for Chick Magnet? Chili Mac oh. was what I used to say. I was like, <laughs> but next no, question, next Arlo. question, CM. Are you already right. signed with AEW? Or are you pretty sure you're going to sign with AEW? <laughs> okay, that's for 18 people, but they're going to fucking love it. So what's up, CM? All right. Oh, nothing. I wanted to call in with a cop crying story wow wait cops Um, crying but yeah well yeah they were and but here's the wild thing about it is like i'm usually like a doomer so i very like doom scroll twitter and like so much of that stuff is really i don't like (laughs) crazy for lack of another term you know sure um, but this story is sort of about like um, a piece of art I made that like re- like blew these guys' minds oh. in this like crazy way. Boundary breaking art, ta- pushing the limits. <laughs> well, so um, to rewind a little bit, I had a art space downtown Seattle, and it used to be. The Lusty Lady, all through like I think the 80s and 90s, was like a peep show, and it has since been like gutted out. And I had gotten control of the building through redevelopers who wanted like 
it to be occupied as like an art space rather than just be like vacant land, you know, vacant building across from like the art museum. Mm-hmm. So inside of the building, there were like 20 foot wa- like ceilings, like crazy old growth woods and bricks. And um, that I think the building was built in like 1898 or something. Wow. Um, so it was all like original. But uh, I had worked on a billboard for this company, and they had given me, like, once they pull off the billboards off those big, you know, uh, setups that they have, like, by the highway, I guess that's, like, a giant piece of, like, nylon, or it's kind of, like, similar to, like, blue tarp. I thought it was it's wallpaper. Like <laughs> I always thought billboards were wallpaper. <laughs> well, he's talking about the, no. The, it's like this. Yeah, the, it's this peel. It's it's like woven, like like those blue tarps or like IKEA bags or something. Gotcha. Okay. Weatherproof. Uh, like, How does that? I'm yeah, trying to. Like, is it have thicker. glue on the back? Do you know? Like, I'm I'm, I'm asking no, you was, for all the logistics of billboards. No, it's crazy because I got a call from, like, this place I, like, interned at. And they're like, hey, remember that big billboard you designed? We have it if you want it. And I was like, sure. Like, that'd be great for the archives or whatever, you know. Um, And I showed up and had to, like, it was wrapped up, folded, like, into a square. Sort of like how you fold, like, a flag or something, you know. They folded it all down. And I had to throw it on my back. And I would say it was about maybe like 90 pounds maybe more yeah um and then i like took it on the bus with me home (laughs) it's like i had it in in like storage anyway um with the big building i had a massive ceiling so i hung that up and I did this huge mural, like a giant painting on it. And I think it was like 15 feet tall and 30 feet across. Um, and so I was preparing for an art show while I was like painting it. Um, and since it was downtown, I would just like leave my door open and we had like a PA and stuff in there. So I was like playing music and kind of do like open studio. Cause there would be like all these tourists we're like two blocks from Pike place market. So there'd be tourists that would walk by and just like peep in and be like, Oh, like, Hey, like what's going on. Um, and I used to sell like local art and like local zines and records and tapes in there. So like try and sell that stuff to tourists, you know, like actual interesting stuff and like make a point yeah. for some people. Um, so one night I was doing that and I was playing uh, Frank Ocean that was like, had just come out. And so everyone was playing it and I was painting to it. And the first, there was one, there was two events. One was this woman came in and she was like, just like very touched. And she's like, I can't believe like that this is still happening in Seattle and all this shit. And, uh, but she was like very moved. And I, it, I mean, she's in this giant cavern looking at one painting while, like, Nike's is playing. So it's going to be, like, 
perfect storm of like emotion that's going to pour from you. And I yeah. think that's what got these guys. So later on, I'm painting and these two dudes come in and they're kind of like just meathead idiot dudes. And they're like drunk a little bit. And they're like, wow, how about this painting? And they're like talking to each other. And I'm like, yo, like, what's up? Like, I just think like, Hey, this is a cool opportunity to maybe show some like dudes that I wouldn't hang out with like something, you know, like maybe something enlightening may happen. So I'm like engaging with them. And one of the guys is like choking up and like getting all glassy eyed. And I was like, Oh, what's up, Matt? You know, like what? And he's like, he's like, you know what? This, so the fig, what I had painted so far was this figure, like kind of like a female figure with one of her eyes was open and one was closed. And I was just doing that because I was trying to. I don't want to be funny anymore. I don't want to be funny anymore. Lately I've been feeling like the odd man out. I heard my friends saying things that don't mean 